he's in Streets of Fire, for goodness sake. Howdy. You're listening to Come and Take It, a talk show about Texas by Texans, where three friends born and raised in the Lone Star State share our views on the history, culture, and just what it means to be Texan. I'm Mike Zolkowski. I'm Sean McIver. And I'm Scott Elfstrom. It takes a big man to fill the shoes of a Texas hero, even if it's only make-believe. And it takes a big love of art, film, and people to live the life of Texas' own astronaut big brother space marine, Bill Paxton. But first, what's your favorite Texas edition pickup truck? Well, there are so many to choose from, but uh, the only obvious correct choice is the uh, Texas edition uh, Chevrolet Silverado. You know, I'd have thought the same thing uh, because I am a bow tie man myself and have owned a lot of General Motors vehicles. But I will say that uh, in 2015, Dodge did a one-off concept Texas uh, Texas Ranger truck, and inside it had uh, five pace like silver five dollar peso pieces like in like the wood in the doors, and it had um, a replica of like Texas Ranger badging in it. It had like this beautiful like hand tooled leather seats that were made to resemble like saddles. It was it's pretty awesome truck. Wow, I've only owned one pickup truck, and that was a Chevy Colorado, uh, but. I guess if you asked me to pick a Texas edition pickup, I'd go with the King Ranch F-150 after Texas's own King Ranch branded. Well, <laughs> I am, I'm glad that you dabbled in the world of mini trucks for a short while, Sean. <laughs> Born in 1955 and raised in Fort Worth, Texas, Bill Paxton was the son of a lumber wholesaler, John Lane Paxton, and his wife, Mary Lou. His love of film began at an early age. Paxton's father took him and his brother to see the movies that he wanted to see and then filled their minds with discussions on lighting, art directions, and the illusion lighting, art direction, and the illusions of filmmaking. He credited his father with his lifelong obsession with the art. Paxton moved to Hollywood in 1974 at the age of 18 to pursue his dreams of getting in the movie industry. His dream began with a job painting the white backdrop for an Encyclopedia Britannica instructional film entitled Gateway to the Humanity. It paid $25 a day, and it got his foot in the door. It was a short hop from there to working in the art department for the famed low-budget exploitation filmmaker Roger Corman. Corman was one of the few directors and producers at the time who was willing to hire non-union workers. In fact, he was willing to hire just about anybody. Bill Paxton's first job with Corman was as a set dresser on the movie Big Bad Mama, which was actually set in Texas, but it was filmed in the... Hollywood Back Hills, and it starred Angie Dickinson, William Shatner, and Tom Skerritt, and it's a terrible, awful movie. <laughs> Can't say that I've seen it. It's awful. Now, after working for Corman for a couple of years off and on, Paxton was able to get into a degree program at NYU where he could study at a local acting studio and earn credits toward a Bachelor of Fine Arts. Uh, he had actually tried to get into film school in uh, L.A., but uh, – said that his poor SAT scores would not allow him uh, to gain admittance. But he did go to New York, and he ended up getting instruction from the acting teacher Stella Adler, who had been Marlon Brando's instructor. He said, quote, that's the guy I want to be like. So he studied with her. He didn't consider himself a star pupil, but he relished the opportunity to work with her and her uh, influence, you know, being around her influence on the industry. He said that the thing he learned the most from her was how to understand the tone of a piece. 
Adler put him in a lot of what Paxton called heightened roles, and those types of roles are how we started to get noticed in Hollywood. Uh, these are the types of roles that he played very well, such as Chet from Weird Science and Hudson from Aliens. Paxton said the biggest debt he owed as an acting student, however, was to a man named Vincent Chase, the namesake of the lead character in HBO's Entourage, who had gotten his start as a coach for MGM in the old studio system, when people were hired for their looks and then groomed for the screen. While filming a part in his first major film, Lords of Discipline, Paxton met two other actors, Michael Bean and Rick Rosevich. He was impressed by both of their acting styles, which, while completely different, were very effective. He discovered that they had in common a single acting coach, Vincent Chase. So Paxton decided he had to meet this man. And that started a relationship that lasted over 30 years. Now, after studying for two years in New York City, Paxton returned to Hollywood in 1980. He was auditioning for acting roles, but he continued to moonlight as a set dresser to pay the bills. An actor friend of his called him up and said he thought he could get him on the night crew of a film that was called The Quest. This was another Roger Corman movie. This movie was eventually released as under the title Galaxy of Terror. Now, the leader of that crew was someone who also Paxton developed a lifelong friendship, a man named James Cameron. Paxton and Cameron had a lot of shared interests as they both had aspirations beyond the art department. They loved the art department, but they wanted to do more and make bigger things. Cameron told Paxton about a script he'd been writing called The Terminator. In Paxton's own words... I said, gee, that sounds like a cool idea. A few years later, when he went to make the film, he called me up to do a small part, and we've had a lot of adventures together over the years. Paxton went on to more small yet significant roles in the years ahead. His iconic role as duck-hunting, cigar-chewing older brother Chet in Weird Science has become a touchpoint for children of the 80s. And no one can forget his turn as Hudson, the nihilistic space marine corporal from Aliens. Quote, I read the script and I said, This is a classic. His career is rife with well-executed character roles, which often elevated films without upstaging the main affair. He had a real knack for bringing depth beyond the words on the screen. His filmography is very extensive. Now, while not all of the films that he was in were blockbusters or critical hits, Paxton himself rarely turns in a bad performance. His leading roles in Apollo 13 and Twister brought him fully into the spotlight. He flirted with work behind the camera over the years, most memorably with the music video Fish Heads in the early 1980s. But it wasn't until 2001 that he got the opportunity to direct his first feature film. The film was Frailty, and it starred Bill Paxton and his fellow Texan Matthew McConaughey. It's a charming little film about a man and his boys that kill demons described as, that are described as people. It's a charming little character piece about a man and his two boys who dedicate themselves to killing demons who are hiding his people. Now, his first major studio picture as a director was the movie The Greatest Game Ever Played. And this starred Shia LaBeouf as golf champion Francis We Met. He was the first <laughs> amateur ever to win the U.S. Open. Like many others, the emergence of television as a creative haven for filmmakers ensnared Paxton in the latter years. He portrayed Bill Hendrickson on the HBO series Big Love, the story of a fictional fundamentalist Mormon family practicing polygamy. The series lasted six seasons and garnered Paxton many award nominations. A year after that show ended in 2011, he had another award-nominated performance as Randolph McCoy in history's miniseries Hatfields and McCoys. Following a stint as villainous super spy John Garrett in Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., 
Paxton put on the boots of Texas' own Sam Houston in Texas Rising, the miniseries we lavished much love upon last year. Most recently, Paxton had just finished the first season of the series Training Day, based on the Denzel Washington film. He wasn't just about movies either. As his friend James Cameron said, quote, He approached life at full throttle and with a childlike enthusiasm for people, for stories, for history, for art. We remember him for his strong screen presence, but it is also important to remember he was a highly accomplished feature film director as well. He understood every aspect of the creative process intimately and had a special respect for artists and the design process. His zany characters on screen belied a serious, thoughtful, and caring man. Now, beyond just living in Texas, Bill Paxton had a special connection to its history. As an eight-year-old child in 1963, Paxton's father took him and his brother to see a visiting President John F. Kennedy at the Hotel Texas in Fort Worth. He had a memory of being hoisted on the shoulders of a stranger to see the president. And that memory was confirmed in 2007 when he went to the Sixth Floor Museum in Dallas. There was a photo of the crowd in the front of the building that morning, but he didn't see it himself. He asked if they had any other photos, and they offered to let him look through some old TV footage. There he was, looming over the crowd. Captured stills from that footage are now on display at the museum and are widely distributed online. And he recorded an oral history to put in the archives. There's a great story in Texas Monthly where he relates this event, talking about how his father was reluctant to go because it was drizzling and they'd have to line up in the rain. The events of those days were never far from Paxton's mind, and in a recent interview with Mark Maron, he talked about a 10-hour miniseries he was set to direct and produce for HBO about the JFK assassination, an adaptation of Vincent Bugliosi's book, Reclaiming History, The Assassination of President John F. Kennedy. He described the project as, quote, concentric circles on a bullseye, with an hour-long exploration of each of the major characters in the events. Tragically, Bill Paxton passed away on February 25, 2017, due to complications from heart surgery. On February 14th, he underwent a procedure to fix a damaged heart valve and aortic aneurysm, the result of a rheumatic fever when he was a child. Eleven days later, he would suffer a fatal stroke. One thing about Paxton that we will personally hold dear is how even though he rarely came back, he was Texan to the core. As Robert Wolanski wrote for the Dallas Morning News, quote, Paxton loved being from here. He said he carried it with him like luggage he could never check. A final point on Bill Paxton's identity as a Texan is a story related by by his friend and actor Judge Reinhold on Twitter shortly after his passing. I was standing on a street corner in London with Bill Paxton as a bus passed by. Paxton looked up into the face of his future wife of 30 years. He chased that bus till it stopped, and he got on to introduce himself. The beautiful Primrose said, you're an American. Packy said, no, ma'am, I'm Texan. And that is Bill Paxton. I mean, that's just a thin slice of, uh, you know, who that man was and who we've come to appreciate over the years. Um, When I was putting together the material for this, um, I was looking through his filmography. And although I haven't seen every performance that he's put on screen, um, I didn't come across any in the list that I had seen that – I didn't think was uh, well executed. I mean, he's he's just one of those consummate professionals that no matter what he's in, um, I at least enjoy his performance in it. Well, there there isn't a film. I mean, I'm, you look at it, and there's a. I mean, is a literal, unbelievably long list of credits uh, of just what things he was involved in, and not like 
I mean, you look at the beginning of stuff. I mean, I I never knew the uh, the Fishheads connection, which was one of those Doctor Demento type of uh, underground videos that that circled around in the early '80s when we were kids. Um, yeah, I think I saw that for the first time on uh, Nickelodeon during one of those uh, either. You know, you can't do that on television or, you know, one of those other random shows that they had on there. I mean, you know, everybody, there used to be the uh, the Kevin Bacon game with stuff. But honestly, there could be the Bill Paxton game looking at like this list of it's worth going to his IMDb page. Uh, he's in Streets of Fire, for goodness sake. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I just remember, I mean, he was in, uh, he was great in Tim Stone. He was wonderful in uh, True Lies and. And all those those great character movies. Uh, I was thinking about that movie uh, with Patrick Swayze and Liam Neeson, Next of Kin, where he plays their, their younger brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, Next of Kin. Mm. But I think what I was sad about was that like there was only like a period of a couple of years in the late '90s where he really was the leading man. He was he was just, he was the the main star. So that like Twister and the Mighty Joe Young and just a few things where he was on the movies at least he was the leading man. But there was a movie he did around that time called A Bright and Shining Lie. It was a HBO uh, show movie about a, an American CIA operative during the Vietnam War. And it's really it's based on a great book and it's a really good performance from Paxton. Yeah. And and speaking of, you know, leading man roles, um, I have not uh, yet watched uh, Big Love from HBO, but I've heard really good things about it. And uh, I will have to go back and watch that now. Because uh, her, he turns in a really good performance there. I mean, you know, who hasn't he worked with, and and what hasn't he done? Uh, funny, I was look, I was just you go through the list and you go, oh yeah, a simple plan. That's that's on the top of so many like film geeks lists. So I mean, you like we said, we could we could sit here and just go go point by point. Absolutely incredible body of work. A neat point, though, that I I I think we hit on when we talked about uh, his Texas connection. That uh, when he did Texas Rising to play Sam Houston, he is distantly related to the man, um, and so it is interesting that he uh, he does have quite the Texas pedigree. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He is possibly the only authentically Texan Texas part of that entire. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and something else that I touched on uh, in, in talking uh, before we started recording, I always felt. I think it's interesting. I can't remember any of his performances, any of Bill Paxton's performances, when he didn't um, exude his Texanness in some way. I mean, he's not the type of actor that would uh, disappear into roles in a sense of changing his voice or things like that. It's like when you when you heard him speak, it was usually his voice, and there was always just that assumption that you know somewhere in this guy's background, he's he's a Texan. Yeah, that's, At least that's, the, that's, that's the way it felt to me. That's what made him a great character actor. Well, like, I mean, you, you take a performance like True Lies, complete opposite. I mean, still, it's still him in character in a sense, but it was just playing the complete scummy, creepy guy, car dealership guy, just crazy. Uh, here's one other thing I, I was going to say. I heard a wonderful interview on, um, well, of course, the, the Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time period podcast because <laughs> uh, he is and he was in two guns with of course bill paxton yep. but uh the, the i heard the, heard this nice interview with justin cornwell 
who plays, um, he was playing the opposite lead of Bill Paxton. And they talked about sort of the premise of the show and what was going on. But what was really amazing was just to hear him, um, the praise that he was giving to uh, how great an actor Bill Paxton is and how professional he was and just what a, what a guiding um, person he was to him. So it was really, it was really something to, uh, to see so and to listen to. So, well, and then there's another podcast that, uh, a couple, couple of years ago, the Nerdist podcast had Tom Cruise interviewed Tom Cruise right after, uh, edge of tomorrow came out and they, and, uh, Chris Hardwick talked to Tom Cruise about Bill Paxton. And he said that, that everybody just wanted Bill Paxton to sit there and quote lines from weird science <laughs> on the set. That's all they wanted. That's all they really wanted from Bill Paxton. Yeah. He uh, got a lot of that, you know, uh, I was reading an interview and he was talking about people just driving down the street, seeing him and like sticking their head out the window and yelling aliens. And he, you know, to give him a quick game over, man. And, you know, everybody have a, everybody have a good laugh. Um, and you know, he's a dude, but one. Yeah. I mean, I read, read a lot of, um, you know, recent articles after his passing that, you know, talk about, you know, his life and his career and without it, uh, fail. Every single one of them talks about his generousness and his authenticity. And um, I think it was, I, I don't remember which interview it was, but but there was an article that they talked about how he, he remembered everybody's names. You know, he knew where he knew him from. He's like, oh, here's this guy that I worked on a movie with, you know, 30 years ago that was a set dresser or whatever. And, you know, he remembers these people and he had that really deep um, appreciation for for all the work that goes into it. Seemed like a good guy. Sad yep. that he passed away. If I'm sad for anything, I'm sad for the loss of uh, his future work um, because I would uh, greatly like to see what he would have accomplished. His son, James, is an actor. He's on the USA drama series Eyewitness as Lucas Waldenbeck. Well, a new generation of Paxton. So, well, it's a sad show today, but... But uh, he was an amazing actor, so you should definitely go and rewatch some of his films he made, some of his work, and uh, just appreciate the, the loss of a great Texan. That wraps things up for today. You can find notes and links from today's show at brainstaple.com. We'd love to hear from you, so like and share us on Facebook, follow the show on Twitter at Texas Podcast, or go to brainstaple.com and leave some feedback. You can find our show and many other great history podcasts at historypodcasters.com. You can follow us individually, too. I'm on Twitter, at Mr. Java. I'm Max Sean with two ends. And I'm Scotticus. If you like this show, maybe you also like Bill Paxton movies. Maybe you also like having friends, so you should tell them about the show we make and leave a review on iTunes, because that really helps us out to find listeners just like you. And if you'd like to support the show financially, please visit patreon.com slash texaspodcast, where you, too, can become a come-and-take-a-Texas-ranger. We hope you'll join us next time, and remember that even if you aren't from Texas, Texas wants you anyway. <laughs> <laughs>